Question, what season are you in in your life right now? What season are you in in your life right now? There are different seasons we go through in life. I want to know where you're at and where you're going. I believe today is going to be an absolute encouragement to you as we consider today, now is the time. Now is the time. What season are you in? You know, speaking of seasons, uh, this is a wonderful time of the year, autumn, fall, and the changes that take place. I want to know, really, are you in the first quarter of your life, second quarter of your life, third quarter of your life, fourth quarter? Are you in the two-minute warning? Are you down to the last minute of your life? You really don't know, do you? You don't know how much time you've got left. I don't know how much time I've got left. But I know this, now is the time. Now is the time. We're going to look at a man who is up in age and he looks back on his life and he sees choices, decisions, things he went through in his life. And right now, wherever you're at in your life, whatever season you're in right now, I believe the Lord is going to use these checkpoints to give you an evaluation of where you're at in your life and what the Lord wants for your life. The man that we're talking about today, he made a lot of mistakes. Question, have you ever made any mistakes in your life? Have you ever made a bad decision? Probably every one of us here have made bad decisions. If we could go back, maybe we would do it a little different. Well, I don't know exactly where you're at right now, but I'll tell you this, today, from this day forward, you can have new vision, you can have new purpose, and I believe the Lord wants to carry us through this time in our life. Again, the man that we're looking at today, his name is Solomon, and he's going to share with us some insight as to how to make a difference, how to seize the opportunity. When is your time coming? Again, how much more time do you have? We don't know. Now is the time. This is your season. What are you going to do today with your life? What kind of decisions are you going to make in just a moment as to what God is speaking to you about? Where are your priorities at? What does the Lord intend for your life? Why are you here? What is your purpose? What kind of spiritual goals do you have? How are you going to reach these spiritual goals? Where, again, are you in your relationship with the Lord Jesus? And what does God want to do in your life? Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Now is the time. Now is the time. And I believe all of us, no doubt, have been through some things and are going through some things, and I trust that God is going to use this in our life to help us to evaluate, to reflect, to meditate on where we're at individually in our life and what the Lord wants to do in your life, regardless of your age, of your status, whether you're married or not married, whether you've got a good job or have a good job, whether you 
have children or don't have children, it doesn't matter. In the book of Ecclesiastes, you're very familiar with this passage. As I've been thinking and reflecting on uh, this message, now is the time. How many believe with me that if, look, if you only have six months to live, like one man was told that I knew and spent time with him, what, what would you do? What would you do differently? How would you rearrange your life, would you? I believe some of us might stop doing some things and might perhaps start doing some things. But right here in the book of Ecclesiastes, this is a great passage of Scripture, and I've been re reflecting and praying, and God's led me back to this passage of Scripture that's very familiar with you. There's a time and a season. I've said there's a time and a season for everything under the sun. Your marriage, you've been married maybe a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 60, 70 years, whatever. What, what season are you in in your life? Things change. Life has its challenges. And tomorrow we might be facing different things. I think God's preparing us today, the season we're in. So if you'd like to stand, let's look at the book of Ecclesiastes. The preacher Solomon, otherwise known as vanity or emptiness. You got it, chapter 3. Chapter 3, if you're there, say amen. amen. Let's read the first uh, 11 verses, and then I want to skip down to verse 17. Verse 1 of the book of Ecclesiastes. And again, Solomon had tried everything. Look, we're talking about a man that was rich. We're talking about a king that had everything. Land and houses and wealth and riches and wine and women and all of that that the world tells you you need to be happy. And so some of you today aren't happy, are you? What is it going to take to make you happy? Well, why aren't you happy in the Lord? Let's read. Chapter 3, and I believe the Lord is going to give us five guidelines to evaluate where you're at in your life and what you ought to do. Chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season. The word season, zeon is the word. It's appointed time. To everything there is a season and a time. To every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. Think about what he just said. A time to be born and a time to die. What's in between that time? A time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. That speaks of transplanting. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. The word heal is the word means repair, take care of. Anybody need healing today? Physical, emotional, spiritual healing? I believe so. Look at verse 4. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love 
and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Skip down to verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. And the church said, Amen. Also hath he set the world in their heart. The word world and heart. Olam means eternity. God set eternity in every single human heart to know him. He hath made everything beautiful in his time also he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end and skip down to verse 17 I said in mine heart God shall judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work this is the word of the Lord. May God bless it to heart today. Father, oh Lord, you know our downsitting, our uprising. You know our thoughts. You know the beginning of the end. You know where we're at on this timetable. And oh God, I pray for Holy Ghost illumination, that, Lord, you'd open our spiritual eyes, our spiritual hearts to see what you want out of our life, whatever days we have remaining. And Lord, I love our sweet people. Pray in the name of Jesus. All distractions, everything that happened yesterday, last night, and all through the week, that somehow, some way, we would lay it aside. In the name of Jesus, because I know you really want to speak to my heart and our hearts today. Because time is of essence, Father, and uh, we recognize we're just here for a lot of time, pilgrims passing through. And God, we believe you've got a plan in place for every one of us, for you know every hair on our head, and you're so great and so all-knowing you know when one little bird one little bird Jesus you said falls to the earth what a mighty God you are now Lord we need you I need you every moment I ask you to cleanse my heart of sin I ask you to fill me afresh and I pray for the listeners Lord the same prayer cleansing from sin and a mind to receive the wonderful incorruptible word of God that would be changed that would sense your presence, that, oh God, you'd stretch us, even as Gary, Brother Gary prayed, that prayer of Jabez, that thou wouldst bless me, and you'd enlarge your coast, and your hand would be on us, and you'd keep us from the evil one, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Change lives, Lord, today. Save the lost today. Oh God, come in convicting power. Come in completing power. Restrain the works of the evil one. Lord, strengthen our hands, and give us great grace to run the race, to keep fighting the good fight of faith to reach out to a lost and dying world with the great glorious gospel which is the power of you father unto salvation to everyone that believe it to the jew first and also to the greek we love you and worship you and give you praise lord for the season 
of our life. Help us to seize the opportunity, and we'll thank you and we'll praise you to make a difference before we stand before you. Some glorious day in the future, all that could be today, even so come, Lord Jesus. And we thank you now for who you are and what you're up to. We bless you and ask you, have your will and way now. In Jesus' name, Father, and all the church said, Amen. You may be seated. Oh, yes, now is the time. Now is the time. I stood there at the hospital last Thursday with a young man, 29 years old. I'd never met him before. His daddy is fighting the fight to stay alive. In fact, at that very moment, they were putting his daddy on a breathing machine. How many know that's not good? How many know he's been in the hospital eight days? How many know that God is still good, and yet to, I don't know if you've met anybody in a situation like that, that it's a crucible, it's a crisis, it's a stressful situation. And especially if the person's not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it can really turn either way. I talked with this young man and told him that his daddy was in the hands of the Lord. How many believe today you and my life is in the hands of the Lord? And the sooner we recognize that, the sooner we yield to the hands of our Father to know that his will supersedes our will and that he's got a plan for you, and you and I aren't promised of tomorrow. As I prayed with that young man and shared with him how his daddy told me that he had a relationship with Jesus Christ, and therefore, whatever would be the outcome at the age in his 50s, his dad's in his 50s, and I know you know people that are facing the same thing, but the question is not them, the question is you and me. And uh, the young man began to share with me how he had had, listen, grandparents, how many of y'all are grandparents? Raise your hand. You think that you're not having an influence on your grandchildren. Y'all listen to what he told me. He told me, he said, Pastor, my grandmother took me to church every Sunday morning and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night until I was 12 years old. You don't think it's having an influence on the life, but it is. This is what he told me. And I thank God for your influence. Listen to me. You don't think it's making a difference, but here was a young man testifying to me at the hospital at a crisis in his life. He said, I'll be honest with you. I've not been where I ought to be with God, but at the age of 12 years old, my grandparent, my grandmother taking me to church. He said, I... I went to a church up in Covington, Georgia, and he said, I heard the gospel, and I, I, I'm, I've trusted the Lord Jesus, or at least he said it in a roundabout way. But the point is this, uh, what is your life? It's but a vapor. And so today, here's where we're going. I want you to write down these five guidelines, or five criteria, if you will, to see where you're at with the Lord as we look at the text. And all we are going to do is go through the text and find out now is the time. That's the title of the message today. Now is the time. What do I mean? Number one, now is the time to live for Jesus. Yes, I said now is the time to live for Jesus. Would you say that with me? 
Now is the time to live for Jesus. Why am I saying that? Because, y'all listen, you and I only have one shot at this thing called life. That's it. You don't have another shot. It's it. Now, sure you can make some changes today, but now's the time to live for the Lord Jesus. We'll see that in verse number two. Number two. Not only now's the time to live for Jesus, but now's the time to yield to the Lord Jesus. We'll see that very clearly. And don't worry about writing all these down right now. I'll get them on the screen. Number three, not only is it now's the time to live for Jesus, now's the time to yield to Jesus. Now's the time to heal by the Lord Jesus. Heal. We'll see that in verse three. Number four, now's the time to build for the Lord Jesus or build with the Lord Jesus. We'll see that in verses four through eight. And then number five, now's the time to be real before the Lord Jesus. Y'all look at me. Everybody look up here just a minute, please. Everybody look up here, please, just a minute. Are you going to be real today? Are you going to be real today? Are you really going to get real today? That's why we're here, right? Amen? To get real with the Lord. So let's go through this and see what God is saying to you as he's saying to me. I'm telling you, this is a uh, a heart-searching message. Now is the time. What season are you in? Now is the time. Here's where we're going. We're going to see what time it is and where you're at in your life. Watch this. Don't just come to church today and sit and sermon taste, but I want you to really, really right now think about where you're at in your life. Where are you at vocationally? Where are you at emotionally? Where are you at spiritually? Where are you at relationally? Where are you at financially? Where are you at? What season are you in your life? And watch this. What does God want to do in your life? What is the Lord? Brother Frank had a birthday yesterday. 71, right, Brother Frank? Come on, let's praise the Lord. That's three score and ten. Amen. And Josh has a birthday today. 41, 71, 41. What is your life? Watch. Here's what we're talking about. One, it's time to live for the Lord Jesus. Two, it's time to yield to the Lord Jesus. Three, it's time to heal by the Lord Jesus. Four, it's time to build with the Lord Jesus. Five, it's time to get real before the Lord Jesus. Number one, and I want you to think about this. Don't worry about it, writing them down. I'll get them on the screen in just a moment. Do you realize this is sobering thought? When were you born, Brother Chris? What day and what year? Had to think about that for a minute, didn't you? Alice, I saw you punch him over there. June 25th, 1963. Jim, what about you? August 5th, 1945. What about you, Ken? Twenty-eight, nineteen sixty-four. Brother Curtis, what? When were you born? What was your, when's your birthday? I know it's what year and what day. Did you say you were thirty-five years old? Brother Julius, can you hear me, brother? When were you born? What's your birthday? And I know it's in May. May 28, 1940. 
Come on, let's bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 1930. Nevaeh, when's your birthday? Say it again. May 24th, 2008. Here's the point. Brother Chris, Jim, Curtis, Ken, Nevaeh, and Julius. Your birthday is going to be engraved somewhere, probably on a tombstone. There's going to be a dash. And then there's going to be a date. You don't know when this date's going to be, do you? But you do know what this dash represents, don't you? You're right now in that dash. I don't know about you, but I have to stop and think every once in a while, Lord, how much more time do I have left? And I don't know about you, but it sure does cause me to stop and say, I know that I'm going to meet you, Jesus, one day in the clouds, whether absent from the body, present with the Lord, and this is what it motivates me to do. Whatever time I have left, and whatever time you have left, doesn't matter if you're young or old, you don't know how much time that is. You don't know, do you? Can you tell me when that time is going to be? You don't know, do you? I don't know, do I? But I do like, on another note, of a man, and y'all might think I'm strange, but I like to walk every once in a while through a cemetery and read the epitaphs, the tombstones. Y'all ever do that? If I'm out, I just kind of like to do that. And one particular tombstone read this. It said, where you are now, so once was I. Where I am now, so soon you'll be. Prepare yourself to follow me. And on the other side of the writing said this, somebody put, to follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went, all right? <laughs> so, this dash, what is your life? Look, Solomon is saying, look in chapter, uh, look what he's saying, there's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. There's a time to live your life, and I believe this is what the Lord is saying to me. Now is the time to live for Jesus. Hey, be honest with me. Don't raise your hand. How many would say, I'm living for the Lord right now. I realize that my life, my breath, depends on the Lord who made me. And I'm not saying that all of us can't use a little improvement there. I'm just asking you, are you living for the Lord? Paul put it this way. He said that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for us and rose again. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Are you really living for the Lord? Can I put it this way? Let me just help you, okay? 
evaluate your life. What do you spend 80% of the time doing? Do you give God 20% of your time? And, and 80% of the time may be entertainment? 60% of the time, I mean, what kind of time do you give the Lord in your life? You say, well, I give my life to the Lord. Well, have you really? <laughs> Are you living for the Lord? And what I mean by that is letting him live in and through you. Hey, maybe today the Lord is showing you that since time is ticking and since time is running out and since life is just but a vapor and since there is a dash right now, we're all running this race. We're all going to stand before the Lord. I know that our world is pressuring us. I understand that. I understand that our world is uh, spending billions of dollars pumping information in our mind through commercials and television and internet and all kinds of social media that, that we're to live now and don't think about tomorrow. How many know that we better think about tomorrow? It, it matters tomorrow because I don't think we're really ready to live until we're really first ready to die. And, and no wonder uh, Hebrews 9.27, the writer said, is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And Job said this, if a man dies, will he live again? And the answer is yes. And the answer is we don't have to be afraid of death. Why? Because death has lost her sting. Because that is what Paul reiterated in 1 Corinthians 15. And then the psalmist said in Psalm 23, 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Listen, I've not faced death not necessarily as to go through the valley of the shadow of death, understanding there's a light on the other side. There's got to be a light where a shadow is cast. Jesus Christ is the light. I believe when that time comes from me and you that our Lord is going to be right there with us the whole way. So you don't have to be afraid, not scared, but prepared. I met a man, I'll never forget a few years ago, we met over at the Huddle House in Jackson. He said, Pastor, I want you to preach my funeral. And I said, all right, I'd be honored to. And we sat down, we talked. And this is what he said. He said, I know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Look at me what he did. He held up his hand. He said, but you know what? I really don't know what death is going to be like. And I'm not really sure how it's going to be. His name was Delane. You, none of you probably know him. I know Deanna would know Delane. Uh, and yet he went through the valley of the shadow of death. Look, I know we don't want to think about it. I know we're, we're bombarding our mind to keep busy and busy, the frenzy of activity, but the Lord's telling us today, and God is saying, stop, evaluate your life. See where you're at now. Hey, now is the time. Now is the time. It's too late after this life is over. We've just experienced a number of people who've gone to be with the Lord, a 66-year-old lady. I just mentioned you last week, 46-year-old man, and a 39-year-old man. I'm telling you, this is the real deal. This is what we're going through. Number one, now's the time to live, live for the Lord Jesus. It's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. I don't know, but some of us may be in the latter part of our life. Now, number two, what time is it? It's time to yield to the Lord. God is saying this, stop running, stop hiding, stop, come to me. Jesus Christ has our best interests in mind. We can trust him. And he says in chapter, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 2, notice this, Ecclesiastes 3, 2, look at it again. 
to everything. I'm reading from verse 1. To everything there's a season and a time. To every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time, look at this, the last part of verse 2. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. You see, God is saying here, I believe. See if you agree with me. Some of us really need to make some changes in our life. Talk to me. We really do need to make a few little changes, right? And this is what he's saying. You can be planted, but you need to transplant changes. Don't, don't, don't just keep going through life and say, well, I need to change. I need to stop this. I, need to. I met with a person this week. 43 years old, and they said to me, they said, Pastor, I know I'm saved, but I need some changes in my life. And probably a lot of us here today could use some changes. We're talking about eternity, folks, okay? We're talking about now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time. What kind of changes I'm talking about? Well, I need to start loving my spouse more. I need to start forgiving people. I need to stop taking life for granted. I need to stop complaining and whining about this. What kind of changes? I need to start looking and, and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to, to prompt my decision. I need to stop living in the flesh. I need to stop making some bad decisions. I need to start letting Jesus Christ be the center of my life. I, I need to start praying about some things. I really need to start reading my Bible more instead of just on Sunday. I, I need to set some time aside. I need some more discipline in my life. Can you agree with me today on this? Amen. The Christian life is a life of discipline. Amen. Now, God's not going to take your arm and twist it and say, you need to pray and you need to read your Bible. He can Guess what he's going to do? He's going to allow you and me to cooperate with him, and the choice is ours. The choice is ours. What choices you make and I make, the Lord says, all right, that's your choice. But how many know there are consequences to our choices? And see, the devil never tells us that. I said, the devil never tells us the consequences there's pleasure in sin, but it's just for a season. And the way of the transgressor is hard. And whatsoever a man sows, that's what he also reaps. He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Oh, yes, there's consequences. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, self-control. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And that is in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The path of the justice is a shining light that goeth more and more unto the perfect day. That's Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. Yes, he knows my ways, and when he should try me, I shall come gold. That's Job 23.10. And the testing of our faith being much more precious than of gold, though it be tried with fire. Oh, to the praise of his glory. That's First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. And tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. That's Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. And uh, consider it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. That's James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. And John 14, 27, Jesus said, In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And in Philippians 
Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Paul in prison said, Finally, brethren, what things are true and just and honest and lovely and of a good report, and if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7, Solomon said, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul said, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. And again, in Ephesians 5, 18, Be not drunk with wine. Where is excess? But be filled with the Holy Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice forevermore and everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. And so, yield to the Lord. Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. He that is dead is free from sin. And verse 11 of, verse, uh, of Romans chapter 6, Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, walk in the Spirit, and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, in total opposition to one another. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lusts. How can I live in victory? Romans 13, 14, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Romans chapter 8 and verse 8 says, The carnal mind is enmity against God, therefore it's not subject to the law of God. And whoever in the flesh cannot please God. And so God is saying to us today, Yield to him, let him have his way. For Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me now. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live it by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to take up a cross. For whosoever finds his life shall lose it. Whosoever loses life for my sake shall find it. And God says, I've got the much more. Because James 1:17 says, every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, whom there's no variable, neither shadow of turning. And Psalm 84, 11, the Lord our God, he's a son and a shield the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Well, glory. Praise the Lamb. So today my prayer is, oh God, now's the time to live for Jesus. Now's the time to yield to Jesus. Thirdly, now's the time to heal by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus. And you'll notice in verse 3 of the text, Ecclesiastes 3, look at verse 3. There's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to heal, a time to restore. Listen to me now, beloved, listen. I believe there's a lot of us today that are here at church have been through a lot of things in our life. You know, you think about Brother Julius, 1930. Didn't you tell me you were born in 1930? Brother Curtis, 1934, I believe you said, or 33. How many know that's a lot of water under the bridge? And in my life, I look back in retrospect. How many know you can remember when you were 16? That was just the other day, Brother Jackie. What are you looking at me like that for? 
for you, amen. You just remember when you were 18? Man, it just, life, it just flies, doesn't it? And I see God doing some great things in your life. And I just want to encourage you that, that now's the time to heal. Question, how many of y'all have been disappointed with family or with things, your job, things in life? You've been disappointed. How many know the enemy would love to keep you and me ineffective because the devil keeps bringing those things over and over in our mind? Healing, healing, healing. You know, no, 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 there's no perfect family, there's no perfect parents, there's no perfect wife, there's no, oh, I've got a perfect wife, should I say that? <laughs> Nobody but me. And there's no perfect husbands, there's no perfect children. All right, we live in an imperfect world. Question, why are you mad? Why are you walk around angry? Oh, no, 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 you don't blow up at people, but deep down inside, you, you're mad. And, 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 and I understand. I've been there too, and I'm there right now, yet by the grace of God. Life is too short to go around being mad. And all you're doing is making yourself miserable and everybody around you. So some changes. Let's make some changes. Let's pray for God to heal. Lord, I've had bitter feelings. Has anybody ever had a bitter feeling? Mad, resentful, at God, at people. Why won't they do this? Why won't they do right? Healing, healing. Look. How many know that you need to move on with God? Regardless of what that person does. You can lose or you can win. Hey, number one, there needs to be healing today. I believe God's calling us for a time of healing, spiritual healing, relational healing. Oh, God, yes, I've got scars. And yes, the enemy is the liar. He's the father of lies, John 8, 44. And he's come to kill, steal, and destroy, John 10, 10. And he's accuser of the brethren, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10. And he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, 1 Peter 5 and 8. And he transforms himself in an angel of light, according to Paul's writing in the letter to the Corinthian believers. Yes, the enemy wants to keep me bound down, but Jesus Christ came to set me free. Oh, yes, he did. John 8 and 33, in whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Yes, stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Galatians 5 and verse 1. Yes, thank God our sins can be washed away in the blood of Jesus and cast in the depths of the sea according to Micah chapter 7 and verse 19. And God, listen to me, and the Lord says, he remembers our sin no more. Isn't that wonderful? That's Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12. Now the devil wants you to remember and me to remember what we've done, but all we got to do is say, nope, I plead the blood of Jesus over my, my, my life because I'm, thank God, redeemed by the blood. It's time to live for the Lord. It's time to yield to the Lord. It's time to heal by the Lord. And then forth, it's time to build with the Lord. Verses 8, to 4 through 8, and I'm just going to summarize for the sake of time. To build, build relationships, build unconditional love, build forgiveness, build affirmations. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's say that together. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. One more time. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And in Ephesians 4.29, 
let no corruption proceed out of your mouth, but that was good for you. It's edifying that it may minister grace in the ears. If you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. Amen? Just don't say it at all. Do we need to change our vocabulary? Do we need to get with God and say, God, I'm a negative person. I've been negative. I'm Mr. Negative. I'm Miss Negative. I know the news is bad. I know the uh, politics is crooked, a lot of it. I understand that people, some Christians are putting stuff on Facebook and this, that, and the other. I understand all that. Listen to me. we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. That's what makes the difference. So, now, last but not least, is the time to get real before the Lord. Now's the time to get real before the Lord. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to get real before the Lord today? It's a time to be born. It's a time to die. I wonder today if you're ready to meet God. If you were to die, where would you spend eternity? You know that? I hope you got that nailed down. If you hadn't, that's your greatest need. Secondly, now's the time to live for the Lord. Can I be honest with you? The Lord deserves better than our leftovers. He really does. He's done so much for us. Oh, praise his name. So, so what? I'm not just talking about talk the talk. I'm talking about walk the walk. Will you yield to the Lord today? Will you say, Lord, I've, I've got junk in my mind. I've been watching junk. I need a change. I need a change. I, I believe, God, I believe you've got a plan and a purpose. And I believe you've got the best for me. And I believe you've got the much more for me. You're the vine. I'm the branch. I can trust you. I yield to you now. Will you yield to the Lord now? As we think about this, stand to your feet, please.